Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? I'm fine. How you doing? I'm doing good. I even if I could complain, I wouldn't complain because my grandma used to tell me eighty percent of the people don't care and twenty percent of the people glad you got them problems. I so, think it's about ninety percent and then ten percent now. Okay, it don't move up. Yeah, because May was old, so it probably had moved up. It <laughs> Yeah, May was she came from post slavery right outside of slavery. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she did. But early in the morning, I usually get people. Uh, I used to introduce people at first, but after I talked to my um, editorial department and my staffing department, you know who that is. I decided <laughs> to start letting people introduce themselves. So, go ahead, honey, take it. Let them know who you are. So, my name is Alexis, and I'm glad that you invited me to be on your show. No problem. So, we're going to, uh, I guess we're going to jump right into it, because I, like I told the people yesterday, believe it or not, I do have another job, like a nine to five, and I think because people see me on here and on Facebook Live, I think they think I just hang at the house and I'm a house husband or fiance. <laughs> so... Now, the first question that I'm going to ask you, and it may be a little personal, you can feel free to answer, you can feel free to say, go on to the next question. It's up to you. But today's episode, first of all, is going to be about Alexis' journey uh, back into the church and finding God. So the first question I'm going to ask is, how old were you when you left the church and why did you leave the church? So I was 12 and I left the church. I don't even think it's just the church, just praying in general. I just stopped everything because I had some situations that were going on and I felt like that if God was truly protecting us, the, the situations wouldn't be happening. So I left. So. Okay. okay. I definitely understand that because you're not the first. I mean, I know a lot of people. We done left the church for whatever reason and um, take them a while to come back. Uh, I didn't, like me personally, I didn't stop believing in God, but I just left the church because I don't feel like I have to be in church every Sunday to let people know I believe in God. Because I know some people who go to church every Sunday and they'll talk about you as soon as they get in the church parking lot. So it, it It's about the church too. You know, the church used to be the center of the communities where you could go if you needed help, anything from a place to stay, food to eat, clothes to wear, right. or just pray for you. But then nowadays, the majority of the churches are not like that. They're more focused on the tithes, the offering, and they tailor their message to almost criticize people for their way of living. But the church that I attend, New Olivet, worship center like pastor kenneth t whalem joint he don't do all that he's real down to earth um real cool dude and he breaks down the lesson to where even like children can understand like there's a point in our sermon where he'll tell us to hold up your, your weapons which is your bible mm -hmm. it's digital time most folks got a tablet or their phone that they're using for their bible but most people some people still have an actual physical bible right. he's been doing this since his church was located on Southern Avenue. And so he tells us, you know, take your weapon, 
and we cite that prayer. We say, this is my Bible. This is the word of God. I believe what it says I can have. I am what it says that I am and so forth. And at the end, he tells us to cut your initials in the air. And then after you cut your initials in the air, he has now, <laughs> because we're in a pandemic, and all churches are having to record, you know, go live or whatever to reach their congregation. He has taken to y'all to using an actual sword because he wants to make sure that, you know, kids are visual people. So he takes the sword, cites the prayer, and then has us to, you know, parry, which means balance, and then thrust. So while he's thrusting the sword to the camera, we are at home and turned to the Bible and saying, now Satan, I rebuke you, and amen. But I liked it about him, like, he breaks it down, and if we don't understand something, he doesn't hesitate to go over it again. He takes his time. Sometimes church, you know, is supposed to start at 11 on Sunday, which it always does. Sometimes we be in there 11 to 12, and I want to say this last week, we was in there from 11 to one thirty. It just depends on how the spirit moves him. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, that's definitely good, because you definitely write about, uh, as far as the physical Bibles, because I know they used to be all through the church, but even like at people's homes now, unless you go to like an older person's home, you don't really see that Bible. Because I know like when I was growing up, well, I'd be at my auntie's house, uncles, especially my grandma, like they're going to have a Bible somewhere in the house. You're going to see it. And you better not play with it because it really wasn't nothing to play with. You get a, you get in trouble for that. But I yeah. can remember the last time I really walked to somebody's house, especially like this generation and probably just uh, a few previous generations and saying a Bible sitting somewhere because now you can pull everything up on the internet. You don't even have to go through the Bible no more. If you're looking for a certain verse, you could just put it in Google and it'll pull it up. And that's a blessing and a curse because we still need the physical Bible. I ordered mine on Amazon, but you know, with COVID, it's probably going to take yeah. me. Yeah. He also preaches from this book called. Uh, curses breaking curses and uh, had to look up the title but yeah you write a lot of people nowadays everything is digital and the way i say it's a blessing because he decided whatever reason god had called upon his heart this is the second time that he's asked me to do the call to worship and what that means is is that we uh he has us pick a sermon a service, a uh, scripture. Pick out a scripture in the Bible and, you know, speak up on it and how it relates to you personally. Now, keep in mind, like I said, those of us from my generation, we don't really have a physical Bible. We probably don't really open the Bible like that. Everybody's not like that. You have some very young um, individuals who actually are very heavy in the church. Right. But the majority of them, they probably don't do that. So for me, because I don't read it like that, like I should. I'm getting to that point now. I went in and just typed in the word sacrifice because I've tailored my uh prayer to the fact that, you know, I was, you know, me and my family, you know, we didn't experience like a lot of loss close yeah. to them. And I've been struggling with making uh making it okay, accepting the fact that my loved ones are gone. And so I remember this one particular night that was really, really bad that I was suffering. And I couldn't get anybody on the phone to talk to them or uh, talk me through it. I don't know if everybody was sleeping or walking. 
And so I remember, you know, crying out to God. A lot of people cry and get angry. But I remember crying out to God and telling him, you know, if you just help me get through the night, get through this this episode that I'm having to where this loss is almost like physically painful, then I'll give you me. And I say that because I listen to music when I got a lot going on in my mind. Like music always helps. Mm-hmm. And so there's this song where Karen Clark Sheard and her daughter, Kiki, Karen, uh, Kiara Sheard, called Sacrifice. And it's basically saying, I give you me, Lord. I give you my body. I give you my spirit. Like, I sacrifice to allow you to, you know, take, guide my steps for my life, whatever it is that you have for me. So, but we definitely should get back to at least having one physical Bible in the house, y'all. Everybody ain't got to have one, just, just one. Just start off with just. I know. I'm glad you said that. Let me ask my editorial staff real quick. Do, do we have a physical Bible in the house? Do we have, do we have a physical Bible? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can always find one over my grandma's house, though, when I go over there still now. It's probably about seven of them. Yeah, we have to make sure we keep the Bible in there because those kids sometimes make you want to do devilish things. But I think... <laughs> I think what throw the new generation off sometimes to their defense, not to defend really, but like it's a hundred different versions of the Bible saying like, you know, you got the Old Testament, the New Testament, you got the King James version, you got the this version, the Kobe Bryant version. It's just something like a version after version after version. So sometimes I think they throw them off as far as, you know, what's really going on. Everybody can't, you know. If you don't know which one to go get, like I feel like it's, it's levels to it. So I feel like if you're going to read them sometimes, start with the Old Testament, move to the New Testament, move to the King James. I don't think you could. I don't really think you can read them backwards. Like I don't think you can read the New Testament then go back to the Old Testament. I mean, you can. Uh, but yeah. even then, if you do that, that's like reading the ending of the book and then want to start over. Just not how it works. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like... Uh, even though I shouldn't compare the two. It's kind of like um, power just went off, but now they're going to show the story of Canaan. Well, we already know how it ends for them, so I got to know how it led up. Like, I already know how it's going to end. Right. So, but, yeah, so that was, yeah. Now, as far as in the church you at, do you mm-hmm. make any kind of contributions? Like, are you on, are you in choir? Do you well, I know you say you you done gave the, uh, the the sermon and whatever twice. So is it anything else you do besides listen or just get the word? Well, right now, even though I started going to this church at the age of six when it was pink and green on Southern Avenue, <laughs> yeah, that pink and green really bothered me. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I um. I've committed myself to the church again because at this time I'm coming to it as an adult. Right. Now, y'all said, should it be different from the age of six to, you know, 27? I say should because some people, they just get taller. That's it. But I'm taking a new membership class. So until I finish those, I can't really partake in anything else. 
because that's a big thing with them that you have to finish the course of new membership. And so once I finish that, I want to start taking the theology courses to learn the Bible. And they had this split up where, you know, there is a class for just the Old Testament, just the New Testament. And there's a third class, but I forget what they say. It's a combination of, but I have to finish my new membership classes first. And I want to finish with those until the end of the month. Okay, well, whenever COVID ends, who knows? We might look up, you know, how some Sundays they let the, uh, they some they let people in the congregation preach and they let different people do stuff. Maybe we might look on there one day on the website and you'll be the person standing up there. Well, I want to do choir. We they ain't figured out how we're going to do that yet. The choir is kind of, you know, cut out. Right. But for whatever reason, um, Pastor has decided that he wants to start baptism again with a little twist to it because, you know, social distancing. Right. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, he said we're going to be in somewhat of a bubble to baptize us. Okay. I don't know who that is, but I'm just like, I'm going to wait. You ain't got to do all that. And I feel like technically speaking, since I've been baptized twice, I don't really think I should have to do it a third time. But I'm going to let God take the wheel. And if he say do it a third time, I guess I got to do it a third time. But I'm not going to be able to do it in no bubble. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, well, the bubble for the NBA seems to be working out. So maybe it'll work out for the church. Now, as far as the third time, I was once told that most good things come in threes because I'm a third. So but the the good thing, I guess, and the bad thing about doing stuff a third time, they say three times a charm is what they say, but they also say three strikes you out. So you never know how this is going to go. But I, I think even if you have to do it a third time for the uh, the church, it can't be nothing but a charm because I can't really see three strikes you out uh, at the church. Unless there's something going on and I don't know about, lead it up to the church. <laughs> but think it's just like when I did the first two times. The first time, the reason why I had to do a redo, I don't like anything touching my face. Mm. And so, I don't think they told me that he was going to take a cloth and dump me. I don't think they talked about that with me at six years old. Because I was the youngest one in the class for new members. So, I get in. He takes the cloth. I freak out. <laughs> and ended up pulling him and the deacon that was in there with us, everybody just pulling them down with me because I felt like he was going to drown me. Keep in mind, I was six. Right. So they put our baptism for the rest of the service on pause and he had to reschedule. <laughs> mm, mm, them people couldn't even get their glory. So next time, I hope they let you go last. <laughs> I did good the second time, I guess, because I knew what they expected. So second time, I was cool. Okay. Time, y'all should really warn the babies. Hey, I'm finna put this cloth over your face. It's not gonna be like what we do with the little bitty babies and put a little water on their forehead or oil. Like, nah, we gonna like submerge you. They should kind of tell people they're like in a disclaimer or something. <laughs> when I got baptized, I didn't mind the baptism in the water. I expected that. My thing in life is I hate to be like uh wet and have to put regular clothes on. So like when I uh get ready to dry off. I was taking a little while because I was drying off, drying off. Like, I hate to be wet and have like, regular clothes on. It, it just do something to me. I don't know. I hate it. And it's cold to let be wet. So yeah, because, you know, in the church, they, they got that, the air blowing from heaven. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, it's freezing in here. 
Mm-hmm. Mom ain't got baptized, and I'm possibly finna leave the church with new mom. Okay, all because you get saved. Right. I said, mine saved his doctor bill. Now I got to go lay in here. <laughs> now, I, I know you don't grew into the church, and I know this your, uh this like your second time around because you say you went when you were six. Now you're 27. That's a 21 year difference. So you don't have enough time to grow up, drink, smoke, whatever it is you do. We all get vices. We all get everything that we do. That's one thing I wish some of the people, whether in regular life, church, the hospital, I wish people would quit trying to be perfect because ain't nobody perfect. So, you know, you got some people want to live this life like, oh, I have you ever smoked? No, I don't do that. Have you ever had a drink? No, I don't do that. Have you ever had sexual intercourse? No, I. you have done something in life, people. Like, I've never smoked, but I will have a drink in a minute. That's my thing. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not a functioning alcoholic. I don't really drink in the morning, but sometimes when I'm sitting there, if I don't have a long day, I'll walk right in this house or I get right off the computer from work at home and pour a drink. Hell, I probably shouldn't say this. Sometimes I sit at the computer and pour a drink. They can't sit. <laughs> but it just depends on how the day goes. But you know, you got some people, they, I, I call them super Christians. I probably shouldn't call them that. You know, the kind when you be like, oh, are you going to the baseball game today? Lord willing. Well, we all know Lord willing is the way that everything goes. But yes, I'm so them how you doing. How you doing? Girl, I'm sign, sign still delivered. Right. Yeah, you know, you'd be like, so are you going to law? Like, <laughs> is that yes? Like, I don't know whether to come pick you up or not. <laughs> are you riding with Jesus or are you riding with us? But, you know, I remember once when I was going to this church, the church should remain names. A lady said, uh, be blessed in the day that the Lord has made on this Sunday. I just asked her who made the other six. They never talk to me again. <laughs> I, I just be trying to get clarification because I read the Bible, understand the Bible. I haven't read the whole Bible. But, you know, every day we still growing. So, like, if you know something that I don't know, like if it's another person out here making and blessing these days, let me know too. <laughs> don't keep it to yourself if you know something I don't know. I, it's just, it is funny how you say that because and I don't mind saying this, but I'm in counseling to deal with my grief. Mm-hmm. I got a secular, you know, how church folks call it, a secular yeah. counselor, and then one through the church. So I had my session with the one through the church yesterday. Everything is like Skype, FaceTime, or whatever. So we're not like in each other's face. Right. But she asked me about this. She said, do you find yourself trying to be like the perfect Christian? I was like, no. And so what she's learned about me, like even though I'm so young, I'm very like self-aware and assured of myself. So when I say something, I've thought about it and analyzed it quite, you know, deeply. So, yeah. And I was like, no, I never think or seek to be a perfect Christian or even a perfect person. Nobody on this earth is perfect. Right, yeah, because what is a perfect person? Like, what is a perfect person? I don't think that exists. Like, we're not God, we're not Jesus. So, like, just like I tell women sometimes, joking, when I'm like, oh, who the baby dad? And they're like, get out of my face. I said, well, unless you marry somebody is. So, somebody knows something, but that ain't my business. That's a story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> That's another episode. 
But I never, I was telling her that I never strive to be a perfect Christian. I just try to do better each day. Right. So I used to not pray like at all unless it was for like a friend who was going through something if they told me or like at family functions when we used to let Uncle John uh, Grace, you know, because his grace would be real long. He'd be listening to the food and get cold. Everybody got that person. Oh, Monty, damn. <laughs> I love them people. But you'd be looking like, bro, it's going to be Christmas. It's Thanksgiving. Can we eat today? I remember one uh, time specifically where he was saying grace. And all the folks that was on my side of the table, it was like 40, no, 30 and on. So it was my mama, the twins, my cousins, and me. All of us had fixed our play while he was saying grace, and we was eating. And so when the elders had said amen, they looked up at all of them, they was like, I can't believe y'all. It was like the fools trying to get caught. I remember one in particular, uh, one particular Thanksgiving. This when we was younger, because my little cousin Alexis at the time had to be about 13. My uncle Lonnie giving the prayer. He was like, thanks, sister. You know, I want to thank everybody for being able to make it. Sister Thomas, sister this, sister that. And this, man, it's about 20 minutes in. And my family, everybody in my family, these people crazy. We think everything a joke. And my cousin Alexis at the time, if I wanted them like 15, 16, Alexis had to be, man, Alexis had to be young. But she bust out laughing. And we all got filled because we all thinking the same thing. Because, you know, they always say kids, drunk people, and mad people going to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And she was a kid. We all over here looking like cause me and my cousin Pam standing next to each other and my cousin Felicia on the other side. And if you knew these people, we all play a lot. And so me looking at each other like, man, I hope you wrap it up. Then Lisa just bust out laughing. And <laughs> that's kind of bust out laughing. So he went ahead and wrapped the prayer up because I think we would have still been doing the Thanksgiving prayer right now had somebody not laughed. Man, they got to pray for the folks that didn't pass so 20 years ago. It's like, really? Them folks but, in heaven eating, and we still down here trying to eat. But what's funny is that, like, even though we fuss about it, and I know you can attest to this, too, like, when they pass away, it's like you kind of miss it, even though it was something that, like, was a pet peeve when they were here. It's one of those things that you think about and laugh, and you, like, wish they were here to do it at least one more time. Oh, yeah. It, I got my Uncle Joe passed in 2016. But he, he done did things and just crazy stuff. We used to look at him when he was lying, like, this dude is really crazy. But, like, now we, we still talk about it, though. So it'd be, like, legendary, and we just... We'll still sit around and talk about some of the jokes and the stuff he used to tell. So, yeah, you definitely miss it once it's gone. Like, um, my grandmama, she used to always send me when I was young to go to Jack Purvis. My grandma was old school, old school. So she was still cutting coupons out the paper. Talking about, go get my two-piece uh, white chicken from Jack Purvis. I don't even know <laughs> if they still putting coupons in the paper no more. <laughs> so that was her thing every Friday. I like granny now. It might take you a long time, but you could drive up there. Mm-hmm. Who was driving up there before these people got old enough to drive? You. <laughs> but yeah, so it definitely, it definitely, church, you know what, if 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 you get the right people, not in just church, in any situation, stuff will turn out how it's supposed to be. But like now, I can't say every church, but a lot of churches sometimes, they look at the money aspect of it, like they want to be, let's be the biggest church. I want to be bigger than Joel. I want to be bigger than Creflo. But that ain't really what it's about. Like, church, 
You tell me to get the word, be saved, pray stuff like that. Like this ain't a this ain't a this ain't a rap battle. Like I'ma see who the better pastor, Creflo Dollar or Bishop Walker in Nashville. Like it ain't that. It ain't like I was talking about me and my homeboys were talking about in the barbershop one day. And this would be a subject too for another episode one day. Like black people are the only people who seem to compete with each other at everything. Like far as even with Cardi B and Nicki Minaj. Like why both of them can't just be two great female rappers or two great rappers. Why I gotta be one gotta be better than the other. You know what I'm saying? Like why yeah. both of them just can't be great. But even the churches do that. Like when you have big churches, they'd be like, when I was going to Bearview Baptist Church, like it was a big church. But then you had other big churches in the city. Why they both just gonna be great churches versus, oh, I think Bearview Baptist is better than this church. Like why they just can't be both be great churches and we move on from there. Well, I think it's human nature to be competitive. And also since the fact that you brought up black people, like even though slavery was six hundred years ago, have what you want to count it, it's still woven in DNA and the way that we live our lifestyle in generation wise to be competitive. We can't just say, you know, I like both of those rappers, you gotta pick a side. Like didn't have to do that and the same goes for church if that's your church home and that's where you feel at home and most connected and focused or whatever you want to call it that's fine but it does not mean that your place of worship is better than the next right right i definitely agree because i just know you know our people we like to we gotta we gotta turn anything into a competition all the the louis vuitton shoe better than the gucci shoe this shoe better than that shoe like why we why it just can't be when last time you heard Garth Brooks say he was better than Blake Shelton? Right. You know them folks don't care about that. They want to get their money that they point across and keep pushing. Now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we the only race that do it, but we do it more than most races. Well, that's debatable because we don't necessarily know. Like you may have a friend of a different race. But this is where what happens to us as black people. They feel like if I got one black friend, then you the delegation for the black community. And this is what I have to go off of for how black people are just based on the one person that I know of their race. And that's not fair. So we truly don't really know. We only know what our friends tell us that are of different nationalities from their point of view and their experience. That doesn't mean that the whole ethnic group is like that, though. You're right. That is true. Because I used to always joke. It, it'd be kind of racist, but I didn't mean it in a bad way because, you know, we'll see Hispanic people. We'll call them Hector. We might see white people and be like, oh, look, it's a mountain and dick over there. But <laughs> if somebody calls us Shanika and stuff like that, like us as a race, we, we on a thousand. Right. But that's just my thought. Like I said, on that, that it'd have to be a show for another day and I have to plug different people in because I know Different people got a thousand different opinions about that. But yeah, my mom always said that opinions are like buttholes. Everybody got one. Oh, they definitely. I like that. I mean, <laughs> you know, and it's a good you said that because you said opinions are like buttholes. Everybody got one. We all have them, but sometimes we all not able to use them. So make sure y'all yeah. tune into my show either Friday or Monday. I'm gonna talk about an ileostomy. Uh oh. Yeah. So since we was talking about. <laughs> buttholes and I don't know if this is a good show to talk about it on we're talking about the church 
since you ain't put that out there, I finished figured out how to make it. You know, trying I'm not a perfect Christian. I am who I am. I, I, I rather people always be who they are, because at least even with that, you know, you're getting the real person versus, you know, like I said, I call some people super Christian, but it's not because I think they're bad people. I just think everything I ask you, you ain't got to take. Like I know you believe in God. As I get to the point, I'd be like, "Who are you trying to convince?" <laughs> like I know you believe in God, so everything I ask you don't have to be. Oh, you going to the game? Oh, Lord willing. Oh, bless the day that the Lord made. You know, so I just be like, I know you go to church. I know you believe in God. Like you ain't got to try to convince me. I believe you. It is kind of a bit much, but at the same token, like I said, we don't know their journey, yeah, what they've been through and how they even arrived to be their person. Because all saints, at some point, used to be sinners. So they did, because you know I always like to tell people in a minute when they talk about uh people being great and people, but I always tell them people can fool you. I said because don't forgive people. The devil was once an angel, <laughs> so. Don't don't get caught up into what you see on the outside. I like to judge people by the inside. I don't really judge people, but I always feel like if you really want to tell how a person is, to me, it ain't really in the body movement. It's always in the eyes. The eyes can't lie. You can't change your eyes. You can change a lot of stuff. You can change the way you act on the outside, this, that, and that. But the eyes will tell you everything you need to know about a person. True. I'm still one of those people that go off energy, but I'm uh, I forget what my nana said we're called, but we're very very sensitive to energy. That's why we don't really like crowds of people because there's too much energy in a setting. But I can feel like when a person is upset, sick, struggling with something heavy, even though they got a smile on their face, right. it's like the energy about them is off. Yeah, and that is true. Um, I always keep saying my editorial staff, my one of my editorial staff, the the people on it. I can tell when it's something's bothering her, but you know, people will tell you no. Sometimes it just depends on how I feel about it or how I feel. I go into it and try to get them to talk. Some days I just be like, you know, it's, it's kind of like pulling teeth, and I just some days don't be in the mood for that. So it really just depends on how you feel that day. I don't really, uh, I can't say I don't really do energy. Uh, I can tell when people have a bad vibe, though, because I don't, like, you can kind of tell, like, when people are always on some negative stuff. You can kind of feel it. But I, don't, I know a lot of people, though, that do the whole energy thing. I got a few homeboys and a few homegirls that do the energy thing. Like, hey, I can kind of tell this person ain't a, a good person. Now, sometimes growing up, I was one of the people who had to be bit. Now, once you bite me, you ain't going to get a chance to bite me again. Now, if you bite me once, you got me. That's it. Hope you enjoyed it. Because you ain't get a chance to bite me again. I don't care what you come with. And people always say, be forgiven. That's fine. We can forgive. I ain't going to forget. Right. So, you know, you forget. I'm going to remember. Well, you can just love people from a distance. Like, that's I can. You can. I, I definitely love people from a distance. And I can love you and not fool with you no more. Like, I want the best for you. I want everything to go right with you. I want you to have a table full of blessings. You just can't be at my table. Right. Because, you know, people do different things and people have different motives about stuff. So, like, I'm one of the people, I'm just kind of straightforward. Like, if I fool with you, like, people never really have to wonder where they stand with me. Because if I fool with you, I fool with you. 
if I don't, I'm cordial, so I might see you out and speak. But all the fake conversations start to be, oh, how you been, my dog? And how you well, well, like even now when people sometimes send me a friend request on Facebook that I went to high school with, if we ain't talking high school, I know we don't got nothing to talk about now because I ain't seen you in 20 plus years. So I know what we got to talk about now. But that's just my thoughts before we get out of here. Is there anybody that inspires you to do what you do as far as the whole singing? Because I know you say you like to sing, you like to write. Like, is it anybody in particular that inspires you to do those things? Well, for the singing, according to my mom, I started singing before I started talking. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just something that's always been in me. But for the writing, it's a funny story. So I used to be very, very talkative. Not so much now since I've gotten older. And it really just depends on the people I'm around. Right. My sixth grade teacher had challenged me. He said uh, he was my first male teacher ever. So he was like, I bet you can't even be quiet for a whole day. Like, it's just not in you to be quiet. I was like, okay. So I started writing about how that made me feel, the way that he said it, and the fact that it was in front of the whole class. So that's how I started writing, was really to just, like, voice my feelings on situations, my perception of it, without being destructive. Really voice what I feel. And so he inspired me to write, but it was because he told me I couldn't stop talking. And then I had my creative writing teacher, you know, shout out to Miss Miss Jones, Miss Cat Catherine Jones. I'm sorry, Miss Catherine Sol- Solomon now, since she didn't get married. Two babies. She is the reason why I continue to write because I allowed her to see you know, my journal and everything. And she was like, you really have a God-given talent. So I want you to continue to write. So those main two people, shout out to Mr. Dillard, wherever you are, they said I can't never stop talking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, putting it in me to write. And for Miss Solomon to tell me to keep writing and keep honing my gifts. And it's, it's funny you say that before we get out of here to have people take two different things. I mean, one of my teachers told me uh, when I was in fifth grade, Miss Bridman, I love Miss Bridman Adele. She's always been one of my favorite teachers on Miss Brooks. But Miss Bridman used to tell me, uh, you got to quit talking so much. I'm going to move you away from the rest of the students. She said, you probably can't quit talking for a day. And my response was, I probably can't. But she moved my seat. And she was like, I'm going to move you right up here next to me. I said, no matter where you move me, I'm going to talk. So she's like, I'm going to move you up here by me. And I told her, I said, by the end of this year, Miss Bridman, you're going to be my best friend. You're going to love me. By the end of the year, I think I was Miss Bridman's favorite student. So I always tell people, no, I'm not going to stop talking. But guess what? We're going to have a good time in the process. Don't stop my gift. I told these people I was born to talk. 